Hey, y'all, you found the Fishing Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Angie Thompson. Okay, you guys have all heard of NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. They're the folks who usually tell us what's happening with the weather. Well, they recently did a study that proved just how big the recreational fishing business is in this country. In their new report, NOAA shows angler trip expenditures totaled $10.5 billion nationwide last year, more than double the $4.3 billion in expenditures from the previous report. Now, the way NOAA gathers information and reporting has gotten a lot better, which is why the numbers are so crazy. But the point here is $10.5 billion, y'all. So the fishing business is a big business and a big business needs a lot of jobs to support it. There are over 167,000 jobs in the outdoor, in the fishing industry, not even the outdoor industry, in the fishing industry, 167,000 jobs. And if you want one of those jobs, Today's guest is the guy you want to take advice from. Jared Kutchel has created a new website called OutdoorOccupations.com. It's a job board for people who want to find jobs in the outdoors. And it's not just fishing. It's hunting. It's biking. It's kayaking. It's um, uh, uh, camping. There's all sorts of things are represented there. And you can actually pull down and look for the jobs within those categories. Now, again, if you're looking for a job in the outdoors, Jared's a guy to take advice from him. I'm going to ask him today to give us his best advice on how to find a job in the fishing industry. So this is going to be a good one. If you found your way here to this podcast, you're probably excited about the opportunity to find a job in the fishing or the outdoor industry, and I want to help you. So here we go, y'all. Kutchell, I'm very excited to have you here today. You've got a brand new business that I think can help a lot of our listeners and viewers. Uh, why don't we start by you just telling me what you're doing right now and, and what all that means? Yes, I started Outdoor Occupations last year. It is a job board for the outdoor industry. So very much like Indeed or Monster, but um, focusing on the outdoors, um, outdoor recreation, that's hunting, fishing, firearms, camping, biking, um, outdoor recreation in general. Um, there's about maybe seven to 8 million people that work in the outdoor recreation industry in the U S isn't that and amazing. It is. It's big. It's, it's bigger than you think. Cause it, it acts so small. Um, uh, maybe just like the relationships we have and people we meet, but it's, it's really big. Um, when you look at it as a whole. Yeah. And what a what a very needed service that you are you know you're providing. That's there's a lot of people that can benefit on both sides from what you're doing. Absolutely, you know nowadays with the power of the internet, people want to find things as quickly as possible. And That's you right. know, really, these vertical job boards are really um, the rage right now. Um, you know, there's probably the biggest labor pool we've ever seen in our time right now, looking for jobs out there, and it's. Uh, it's really important that they can look in the right place and find the jobs that are relevant for them. And same thing for the employers, find the right people as quickly as possible. And um, it's, uh, it's really kind of, uh, kind of a blessing in disguise right now that I started this business. And there's so many people that, you know, either 
want to get in the outdoor industry or, or they're looking for their next opportunity to grow themselves and grow their career and, and find the next company to work with. So it's outdooroccupations.com, right? Yes. And how yes. does it work? Say like, I'm, I want to look for a job. What, what do I do? Um, you go on the website and you, uh, you, you click the um, search for the topics that interest you. So um, if, for example, um, you're big into marketing, you can search for marketing jobs specifically. You can look at marketing jobs in the fishing industry. Um, you can look at firearms and hunting um, and so on and really kind of focus on what your specialty is. Um, and it works as the employers and recruiters will post those jobs on there. Um, how did you, how do you reach the employers? How did they know to come to you? Um, a lot of different ways. Um, you know, old fashioned sales and networking is a big part of it. Um, search engine optimization is probably one of the most important tools um, I could ever imagine as far as, um, really just, you know, creating that web online of, of keywords and such, you know, people are already searching for these jobs, jobs you know, yeah. before my business started and really, um, the fishing, hunting, and the outdoor industry hasn't had very many um, job board marketplace services to begin with. So uh, there's you know tens and tens of thousands of people that are actively looking for these jobs. It's just kind of you know creating um, the right uh, keywords and such to bring those people in, and and you know with the power of Google and search engines, they find me. They I mean that's a big part of it. That's great. And you know, I, I, I just love that. It's such a great American success story. It's a, like a need was there, a, there was a void and you filled it. And, um, and you, you really have a great background for being the guy to fill that void. You've had an interesting career so far. Uh, tell us about all, some of the things that you've done. Yeah, it's, um, you, you know, and they all kind of work together, like you said. Um, so, you know, really started out in, um, in retail um, you know, I, I think it kind of gets a bad rap, you know, for, um, you know, right out of college, I, I, um, got a job at Dick's Sporting Goods. I think I was making $10 an hour, um, in the lodge, the outdoor section. So, um, fishing, hunting, you know, selling firearms, um, sold hundreds and hundreds of kayaks. Um, we were close to the Chattahoochee river north of Atlanta. Oh my goodness. Sold so many, but, um, learned a lot, right. About yeah, the products of the outdoors. I mean, really, truly so many people in the outdoors get their start from retail. Um, it, it's a great point of entry and there's so many paths you can go from there and just the knowledge that you get. Um, but, um, I also, um, uh, I graduated up to Bass Pro Shops after that. Um, <laughs> and, and I wanted to work in fishing. Um, but, I was told I, I interviewed with them and, and I'm um, for fishing and also for hunting. And I talked to the hunting manager and he's like, all the fishermen work in hunting. He's like that way during the busy fishing season, we get to go fishing oh, and yeah, not be great. at the store working. And, um, and I, and I like that. It was, you know, something outside of my main skill set. I've been, you know, obsessed with fishing my whole life. It was kind of nice to be on the hunting side for a little bit. Um, and, uh, so in 2012, um, I started working with the Bass University. So it's one of the Iconelli's companies, also, um, a co-owner is Pete Glusek, uh, shout out to Pete. And, um, it, that was really one of my, um, my best opportunities, you know, I was a year out of college and it was the opportunity for me to, to really roll my sleeves up and, um, and, uh, they gave me a bunch of exciting projects, one being Bass University TV, which was just an idea at that time. It's a booming fishing uh, yeah. education business now and uh, really um, allowed me the opportunity to just chase some projects and 
um, kind of very similar to kind of what I'm doing now, um, where I just, uh, you know, had a kind of blank slate in front of me of the concept and challenge and, and completed that. And I, um, after three years, I, um, I found one of my fishing buddies who, uh, was the only person I've ever met who talks more about bass fishing than I do. And I knew he'd be perfect for a bass fishing education role. Um, I, uh, I trained him and he's still there now and, and runs Bass University with Pete Lucek. It's Justin Kimmel I'm talking about. And I was promoted to a sales role um, with the Iconelli's sport fishing agency, Professional Edge Fishing. And um, kind of very similar to, to your background, I was in the sponsorships business, mm-hmm. um, specifically selling sponsorships for four different professional anglers and, and a few different media organizations, um, charity organization, and really a lot of different, you know, grassroots elements there, um, on the sponsorship side too. Um, but it's a, um, very different challenge, you know, than, than where Bass University was more on, on the marketing and, and events mm-hmm. and, um, and really just, that, um, uh, this like web e-commerce system that it is, right. um, to just really focusing on, on the, um, the sponsorship side. And, um, from there I, um, I got it. This is completely, um, in left field. I, I saw an opportunity for a head college fishing coaching job, um, at Savannah college of art and design in Savannah, Georgia with uh, SCAD. And it's really like divine. I had a dream before no I even saw the opportunity that I was like coaching a college. No way. Team. Yeah. Like it was really like when I saw it and I had just moved here, I was like, like that, Oh, like no, wait, 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 wait. You moved to Savannah. I thought you moved to take the job. No. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy yeah. that you got a coach, a college yeah. coach job. And so I kind of, I went to college during the heyday of college fishing. It, you know, went from my freshman year is maybe 40, 50 schools had teams to my senior year, 300 did. That's really when it exploded. Um, and I helped start my college team then. So that's been part of my DNA for a long time. And I've been saying for years or at, to that point, I've been saying that I wanted a coaching opportunity. And, you know, I kind of originally just thought it was a volunteer thing that yeah. I would do and let alone, you know, uh, find a college program that had the most sophisticated resources college fishing had ever seen. And, you know, right. that was really a unique opportunity, but, you know, ultimately for years I've been wanting to do something uh, entrepreneurial and, you know, that's how my mindset works. I'm always thinking of ideas and, and really just solutions to problems and, and, you know, how I can apply that with my passion of fishing and the outdoors. And, and that's where I am today is, you know, fi- it's exciting to finally be able to, to take that step. Um, you know, I have so much experience behind me and so many skills that I've learned. Um, and, you know, very fortunate for this, but I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited because they're all, they're all working together now. Yeah, I mean, it's that's right. incredible. And so, man, oh. attaboy, that's awesome that you went for it, you know, and that, that, uh, listen, I, I tell people all the time, if you're a, if you're an angler, you're an entrepreneur. I mean, oh, for sure. You you know, know, if, if, you're trying to, if you're trying to make money fishing, you're an entrepreneur and you own your own business. And you obviously have those skills because you're, you're killing it already. And, but listen, hey, we're going to take a really quick break and then we're going to come back and you're going to hear more from Jared Kutchell with Outdoor Occupations. If anybody can help you find a job in the outdoors, this is the guy.
Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, check out fishingbusinessschool.com where you can see video uploads of the podcast as well as my blog where I give you more practical advice on the business side of fishing. Fishingbusinessschool.com. Come see me over there. We're back on the Fishing Business Podcast with Jared Kutchell from OutdoorOccupations.com. It's an outdoor job board. That's the easiest way for me to say it. If you're looking for a job in the outdoors, this is where you can go, upload your information, find available jobs, and recruiters and, and, and companies that are hiring can also find you. Did I say that right, Jared? Absolutely. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. All right. So where did I, you grow up in Georgia? No, I, I, I did pick up the accent there, though. So <laughs> I um, I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know, not oh my too gosh. far north of Van Damme country. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, but yeah, I um, I grew up there, um, grew up fishing, um, probably started, you know, as soon as soon after I could walk um, a little bit of bass fishing, bluegill fishing, just kind of the traditional you know, bobber and worms, you know, yeah. I, I saw a, I saw a bass boat kind of zoom past us there on a spinnerbait. And, and I was just like, what is that guy doing? And just, you know, naturally had that curiosity to, right. to learn more. Um, but, um, really it was, uh, my family moved to uh, the Atlanta area and, you know, kind of quickly the, the people that, and the rest of my life is like this, the people that also fish are, kind of rednecks or, you know, very Southern country people. And, you know, the Southern accent Don't is very, it's very, <laughs> very contagious. And, um, and, and really even so on um, going to college and, and now, you know, kind of live closer to South Georgia. A lot of my friends are from South Georgia and it's even more, um, yeah. noticeable, but, but no, it's, That's I've been great. down here, um, for almost 20 years now. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Um, so let's talk again. We talked before the break about you being a, um, a coach at the Savannah College of Art and Design. I don't know if they still call it that. I think I all refer to it as SCAD, which I was amazed. I was amazed that they had a college fishing team because they are, you know, they're known as an art and design and, and uh, internet type school, which some of their majors just blow me away. You can get a major in, in uh, user experience. Oh yeah, they're very much on the leading edge of um, what they they want to have degree programs that match the jobs that employers are actually hiring for. Like yeah. they, one of, at the same time they released that major, they also had one for fragrance. Fragrance, oh perfect, I but love think that. Of that industry. Yeah. No, right? you're right. It's huge, and stop. nobody's nobody's training people for that industry. Exactly. There, yeah. There's actually a social media major, not marketing, not advertising, just social media. Um, so almost kind of like a trade school, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but just kind of making it to you know this leading edge creative side. Um, right. But, you know, for fishing, um, they're very interested in, in uh, lifetime sports. And you're seeing this more as as fishing has become more and more popular with other colleges and universities, they're looking at other sports and, and programs um, that the athlete the student can be involved with throughout their whole life. Um, the university just sees a lot more participation with that um, student, you know, as they become alumni and, and so on. Um, and it's just a lot more valuable, you know, for the um, university in the long run. Agreed. Um, I couldn't agree more. And then, you know, have, having a skill that you can use your whole life. I mean, it's a sure. phenomenal thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's the great thing about fishing. You don't, your knees don't go out. Now, sometimes your back might give you some. Yeah. Problems. 
if you if you're not careful great elbow. you gotta do the, the <laughs> that's right that's right so how did the idea for outdoor occupations come how did that come along um I, out of frustration honestly just continuing to look for something that didn't exist like i you know, I never really thought of it as as a business venture ever. I mean, and this goes back to um, you know, 2011. I graduated college. I looked for it, right? Like every time that I was in my life, that I was looking at jobs in fishing or the outdoors. I was looking for a website, a, a job board like this, and it just didn't exist. There's a couple similar ones, but uh, not to the scale that I'm trying to accomplish now and really tie in all of outdoor recreational, um, uh, segments together and, um, and, you know, kind of talking to employers now, um, you know, they may not, um, they may not find someone who has the exact passion of fishing or hunting, but it's, you know, as long as it's related or just this general outdoor passion, um, they can, you know what I mean? They can train someone on the rest. Oh, yeah. Just That's having right. that outdoor um, passion just kind of makes that person more productive and, you know, genuinely interested in their business. And, and they, they find a lot of, um, uh, lifetime employees and, you know, long time employees do that. But, right. but no, it's just, like I said, I, I probably had to tell myself a hundred times that, you know, I, I kept looking for it and I like, I'd think about it and I'd look, I kept looking for other ones. I'd like, no, no, no. Like I just kept coming back to it. And um, when I finally realized that my background really aligned well with it, then I, I jumped on it. I, I jumped That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So if, if someone is watching this and they really want to get a job in the outdoors industry, some, somehow, what are, what are a couple of things a young person can do to make themselves more, you know, attractive as a candidate in the outdoor industry? I think, you know, first impressions are incredibly important. And some of the things that um, you can do to kind of bolster that first impression, um, you know, your resume is really the item that makes the first impression in, in today's era, you know, where you're submitting a resume, you know, you find a job that you like, um, you submit a resume cover letter as well. Um, those are really the first things that, um, you know, an HR manager or recruiter is going to see, um, and making sure that, you know, that's presented, um, cleanly it's presented. It, it really needs to be, tailor-made to the job description and the company. Right. Um, and, and that's really been a big key to my success with past jobs is, you know, one, they're a strategic fit or, you know, my skills and what they're looking for are a fit, but being able to communicate that. Um, I mean, it's very similar to, to what you and I have both done in the sponsorships world. Um, and, you know, being able to, uh, you know, communicate to a company um, you know, a, a campaign, a message and, and show them, you know, we're, we're dot connectors essentially. Right. Um, and, and it's, um, you know, extremely important to make sure that, um, that your, that your message is custom and yes. really, uh, there's so much flack out there nowadays. And with so many people looking, like I said, recruiters that I talk to may sift through hundreds of applicants for one position. And, you know, if, if they don't see what they're looking for real quick, you know, you might kind of get lost there. So right. really trying to very competitive. Um, so work on that. And, um, and also, uh, I'd say have amazing references if possible. And it's, 
uh, that's been a, a big part of it. Um, you know what I mean? If, if, uh, someone doesn't know you and they're interviewing you and, and they may know your references or, or are able to gather some credibility from your references. I mean, that's gone a long way for me and, and a lot of my friends as well. Absolutely. Um, I'm smiling because it seems like on almost every episode of this podcast, relationships comes up. Yeah. The word relationship, it's so important in this industry. I don't know if it's like that in every other industry, but in this industry, it's everything. It, it is. Um, you know, people want to make sure that someone's going to do what they say they're going to do. And it does seem like everyone knows everyone or, you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. everyone has that mutual connection and, and it is nice that, um, and, and that happens so much um, that, uh, you know, uh, you know, they'll call and check and, and yeah. it's funny. It's almost every single time that an employer has called my references, they end up talking for like an hour. These are people who have never met before. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let me ask you this though. What if I'm, um, you know, I'm Angie, Thompson, I am in Alabama where I grew up and I don't have any industry relationships. So does that, are you, are we saying I'm out of luck? I'm not going to find a job? No, no. Um, I think the, the best thing that you can do is to go out and create them. I mean, when, when I got started, I didn't know a single person in the fishing industry. And I, I actually kind of just looked around and um, looked at some companies that I could see myself working for in my local area, and I reached out to them, and I, and I created those uh, right. relationships then. And and um, so this my my I'll give you a quick example. Um, it was Sid from Spro. I don't know if you know Sid Reeves, who's a yeah. national sales manager over there. Um, I just reached out. I lived in the area, and and um, he said they weren't hiring, but we went out to lunch, and we actually went out to lunch several times, and it was really awesome just because I got to pick his brain. And, and learn so much. And he's still a close friend. Talk to him all the time. See him at every event I go to in fishing. And and um, and it's really, you know, you have to start with ones. I, that's what my recommendation is, you know, people in the outdoors want to help someone who's truly passionate about it. So kind of, um, let's say, um, you know, kind of identify people who are in that role that, that you like to be in, maybe another right. company, reach out to them and, and pick their brain. And, and that's a good starting point. And also just get involved, um, you know, go to events um, within that discipline that, that you want to apply for and just, you know, what's people. interesting don't, don't Jared, to say hi and meet someone. Exactly. And a lot of people have said that too, on the show, go to the tournaments and talk to the people that are there because that's the marketers and that's the people that are going to be able to, you know, connect you right to other people. And they're there. That's why they're there. They're there to talk to the consumers and people who may want a job or people who want to be a fisherman. That's why they're there. You know, I don't think you can be afraid to do these things like calling someone up and saying, Hey, you know, I'm trying to get my start. Can you, can you help me? I've Most in my people new- will accept lunch. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's a big one. I, I listen, I send out in my newsletter all the time in my newsletter. I say, I want to hear from you. Write me, write me back. And I'm so amazed at the few people that actually take me up on that because I'm, I think if I was in the position of trying to figure things out and there was somebody that knew as much as I do saying, hit me back, I'd be, I'd be hitting them back, you know, but it's funny. Um, because like I said, this industry, everybody or a lot of people are still very accessible and they, and they do want to help. Everybody 
you know, in my opinion, seems to want to help everybody else. So don't be afraid, you guys, you guys listening, don't be afraid to call someone up and say, can you give me some advice or can I buy you lunch or can I buy you breakfast? Sometimes breakfast is better. Uh, absolutely. And, and social media can be a great way to meet these people too. Um, LinkedIn would probably be the most powerful one there is. Um, so let's talk about that because that was another thing on my list to ask you about. I have friends of the college age who actually create different social media identities for themselves when they're in the job market because they want to be perceived a certain way. How do you think social media, how important is your social media presence to finding a job? I don't think uh, it's, it's not like you don't have to have one, but if you do, those, that employer is going to look at you a hundred percent with, especially like um, anything that I've had in the last several years. Yes. Those employers absolutely looked me up. Um, The, the coworkers, I mean, that, that's a big thing. A lot of fishing companies are very small. They want to make sure like um, the hiring decision is a team decision of their entire team. That's and right. they will all look at you and, and just see, is this somebody that I can see myself working with, right? right. Or we can see ourselves working with. So, you know, they're, they're going to check you out um, for fishing. Sometimes they want to make sure you have some credibility as an angler. Um, not, not always, but mm-hmm. that, that can occur. Um, you know, they can, be clean you know if, if your mother wouldn't like it I probably wouldn't keep it on there you know that that type of thing but right um, you know I, I I wouldn't say having like a, a huge social media presence is required but, no. but it definitely can help though but we don't want to we probably you know I've hired and fired people um you don't want we don't if we see if all we see are party pictures it might give us a little bit of a, uh, might be a little bit of a red flag, you know, or if all, maybe if all we see are political rants, we might have a little bit of a, a red flag. Hiring someone is, is so tricky because especially when you have a close knit group of people that work together, you're taking such a big risk that they're going to fit your culture and that everybody's going to like each other. Cause that's such a big important piece of being successful. Right. And so your social media needs to tell your story in a way, I think that somebody can kind of understand who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very, very credible. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Are there seasons, better times of the year to be looking for an outdoor job than others? There's certainly seasons that more people look for these jobs um, on, on kind of the, the job seeker side. Um, I've seen a lot more of that with my research. Um, for instance, around July, there seems to be a big spike every year and people mm-hmm. looking for fishing industry jobs. I wonder why, you know, it's <laughs> ICAST, the trade show and right. um, just maybe just a lot of excitement then of, of wanting to work in the fishing industry. But, you know, it, it, I'd say definitely, um, you know, in that, um, kind of that cabin fever type of year and, you know, around the holidays and, and the early spring, just kind of right before, um, you know, the big sales season for fishing, yep. you know, there definitely can be some hiring then and, um, yep. and such, but it, it, it varies. It, it just depends, um, on, on the economic cycle, but, you know, definitely seen a lot in that, like maybe December through, um, March, April. 
Right. So retail, certainly, you know, um, December is really important and the spring is important. You know, it, it kind of reminds me a quick, a quick story. You know, the Bassmaster Classic used to be held in the late summer and or early fall. And um, people just were so upset when we moved that to the spring. And I'll never forget the year we moved it because we had to have two classics. We had to have a fall classic and then we had to have a spring classic because you couldn't you couldn't make it work you know, unless you had two in one year, Woo, that was a year, I'm telling you, but, and people were upset. And and still I hear people say, I wish they put the classic back, the Bassmaster classic back in the summer, but there's so much pinup demand in the spring for fishing supplies and fishing gear and fishing equipment that the trade show or the consumer, the expo, the consumer expo part of the classic just enormously blew up when we moved it to spring because everybody has cabin fever and they want to get out and they want to get on the water. And it's such an important time of the year for the fishing industry that it'll um, doubt it will ever, the championship will ever move back to fall. Yeah, that's the early spring, wintertime, early spring is definitely the busy season. Um, uh, One of the things I kind of learned early on in my job search, talking to the marketing and sales professionals that, that um, work for mostly the manufacturers, they're like, hey, if you really want to be fishing tournaments and and fishing aggressively in the spring, don't get a job with a a tackle manufacturer or lure company because it's busy. It's really, really busy. There's definitely some, just depends on the company and the culture there. There's there's some that, you know, their their administration and their professionals fish a lot. Some don't fish at all. Yeah. Um, It's very kind of, uh, that if that's something that's important to you, I, I look at it and it's very like, there's so many, so many little tiny details about a company and it's, uh, you know, in your search, um, you know, as far as when you have to work, you know, how often you're traveling, um, right. again, how often you're able to even fish. Um, that's why it's so important to reach out to people, you know, at these companies and interview them, talk to them and find out what it's like, um, right. you know, there's so many people that, you know, get a job and then realize how horrible it is. And it's when you're doing an interview, you need to be interviewing them too. Right. That's right. And people don't, people don't put enough thought into that too. You got to figure out if it's right for you, because if it's not right for you, you're not going to be right for it. You know, it's just not going to work out. Hey, let me ask you this. Are you seeing uh, companies, brands, retailers, uh, brands, particularly um, looking for people to be content creators for them? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a very, 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 uh, demanded item. Um, on the, uh, I think that really, um, favors the entry level college anglers out there because right. they're really good at it. But, mm-hmm. um, in general, yeah, I mean, all across the outdoors, not just fishing. Um, there's a lot of, um, um, film production, television production on the social media content side, all sorts of digital content in general mm-hmm. um, opportunities. And um, that's what a great way to, to get involved. But um, as I kind of said before, don't be afraid to start in retail or customer right. service or just anything in that company. Sometimes yeah. you that's would right. be amazed that some of my friends in fishing, the ladder they have climbed from the absolute bottom, but, yep. but you know, content creation is, is, is a, um, you know, I mean now probably more than ever, right. We, we had a the last couple of months, the, there wasn't fishing tournaments or wasn't, um, you know, a lot of the traditional marketing elements happening from maybe trade shows and consumer shows. Everything because of the COVID crisis. Content. 
Right. Um, yeah. Well, uh, and listen here, I mean, I just, I, I just thought about this while you were talking, if you do start at retail, what a great place to create content. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, if you, if that's what you want to do, if you want to be a content creator, you can do that probably no matter what, where you work in the company and you'll probably impress somebody along the way too. Oh, absolutely. All right, Jared, is there anything that so far, is there anything I should have asked you that I wasn't smart enough? Or I didn't know enough to ask. Oh, I got one. Is it, is it, does it cost the person who is looking for a job? Is there a fee? No, it's completely free. So um, it's uh, employers pay to list their job, um, very similar to um, all the other um, larger job boards out there and um, completely free for the job seekers to um, to apply for jobs, to create a free profile and put information about themselves and their skills and background. Um, and also upload a resume, as Angie mentioned before, for recruiters, employers to browse and look at them. And that's always going to be free. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's a really a amazing service that I want to offer. Um, you know, I've, I said, I've lost my job before. I've had friends lose my job or just seen the struggle of, you know, how to get in fishing. Um, I want to make sure that it's completely free and, and, um, and, and helping people, you know, find their next opportunity. You're awesome. I'm so glad you've done this. This is so needed in this industry. Really, thanks for doing that. I know it was probably, you know, not the easiest thing in the world to get off the ground, but um, what a great service you're doing to the industry. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, it's a challenge, but those are the ones that make you, you know, that are the most rewarding in the long run. That's right. All right. We're going to take another break here. We'll be right back with Jared Kutchel from Outdoor Occupations. Occupations, right? With an S. Yes. I'm going to link to it in the show notes too. So everybody can find it really easily. All right, we're back on the Fishing Business Podcast with Jared Kutchel from OutdoorOccupations.com, a new service. If you're looking for a job in the outdoors, you can upload your resume there. And companies that are looking to hire people to work in the outdoors are looking for you there. So this is a great, great place to go um, get involved with if you, if you really want to work in the outdoors. All right, Jared, this is my favorite part of the show. My quick questions here at the end. What was your first car? Chevy Silverado. Oh, wow. You know, mine was a Ford Pinto. Okay. I Chevy Silverado, man, you are, you're something. All right. First job. I needed something to pull my boat. <laughs> of course. Of course. Before the truck. <laughs> first job. Um, this is a very unique one and I guarantee you'll never meet another person who had this job. So Later. I got my first job when I was 10 years old at a golf course. In, in Michigan, this is kind of right before I moved uh, to Georgia, um, I was sorting cans. Michigan has a 10 cent deposit on cans and they would, the golf course would sell them back to the distributors. So they'd pay kids cash to sort cans. And you, honestly, it's a dirty, gross job, but I loved it. I thought oh, yeah. it was fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, they would basically just in a room, in a kind of storage room, have these big bags of old beer cans, soda cans. Oh my gosh. 
And I would sort them out and put them in their appropriate bag. And I loved it. Um, oh, I'd make good. like 50 bucks that week. And, you know, for a 10 year old, that's, oh, that's, that's a lot. Like that's, that's, oh my gosh, that funded a lot of fishing gear and, and yeah. other little, yeah, other little interests. But um, I had all the cherry Coke and, and hot dogs and burgers that I wanted to eat. I, I thought it was amazing. And you, you know, were in 10 year old heaven right there. Could you also yeah. fish on the golf course ponds? Yes. Of course. Well, oh my gosh. That's, yeah. You're right. Listen, it says a lot about your work ethic that you started working at 10. Okay. I mean, you know, really. I wanted to pay for things or I wanted to buy things and my family is like, go work. I was like, you okay. Could have, you could have mowed yards or you could sort. I did a little bit of that. I mean, I did all sorts of little weird things. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah, all over the place of trying to sell things and so golf balls of course. <laughs> all right well it's a talent that you would most like to have that you don't have speak multiple languages um that i i, I think that would just be so awesome to Me be able too. to travel around and and actually communicate with other people that yeah that can't speak English you don't have you don't, do you not speak spanish at all lightly i mean i've i've been around it for a long time but it's yeah. I don't think I made it past like Spanish too. And <laughs> Isn't it funny how we're required to take these four languages and none of us seem to retain, not all, I shouldn't say none of us, but many of us just don't retain it. You have to be surrounded by it. I mean, yeah. it's really, really, you have to just immerse yourself in it. And, and like I've, I've worked with Hispanics a few times from golf courses to restaurants in, in my like high school days and, mm -hmm. and I'll get really good at it for yeah. a little while and then just go five years without it and, right. and really forget you know, most of the advanced parts of it, you know, I still know the basics. Yeah. Yeah. You could get by. That would be really cool. That's like me. I took French in high school and college just a little bit and I can't speak French, but I can read it. So I can look at those root words and figure out what the word is, but I can't listen to it most of the time. And some words, some you know slogans you know sayings I can get but I can read it but uh, but not really speak it okay what was the last podcast you listened to um this one um, I, I do have another one that that I'll mention just just uh just to do so but no for real um I love your show just because it it has the the people and the topics that I'm interested in hearing from yeah. um, a lot of people that I've worked with in the fishing industry um I mean you had the one and only Dan Quinn on here. I mean, he's is, a living legend. Is he and not the greatest? I love working with him. Oh, my um, gosh. Probably one of the first people in the fishing industry that I worked with um, when I got started. So, I mean, that's a really cool, though, um, opportunity to kind of um, understand how these people think and what they're mm -hmm. looking for, um, you know, maybe on the sponsorship side, but just in business, you know, what they're trying to do for their company and, and how they're trying to grow it. I mean, that's... Um, I like to say I'm leading edge on the business side and, and really pay a lot of attention to um, lots of different outlets. And that might just be um, the media sites, right? Bass fan, wire to fish, um, the fishing wire and outdoor wire are, I, I look at them every single day mm -hmm. and I have for years. Um, just surrounding yourself with resources um, on this topic, it, it's so important. And it's something that you know, naturally, most people in the fishing outdoor industry do. It just really helps, you know, kind of sharpen your trade and your tool set and, right. and stand the leading edge of, of what's going on. But, but no, um, I think outside of your show, the last one I listened to is probably Bass Talk Live. Um, oh, great show, yeah. 
movies and, and Matt Pingra and, and that show yeah. over there, kind of more, more so just on the what's going on in the professional fishing oh, world. Oh, yeah. Those guys are a mess, I'm telling you. Oh. They're entertaining. Oh, you yes. know who else is really entertaining is uh, Luke Duncan. Do you ever listen to his show? Lobo yes. yes. He's also one of the first people I met in the fishing industry. So I'm a big Great fan guy. of his show. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot out there. There's more and more now it's been so needed, um, you know, to have, uh, just a good selection of different types of, you know, content on, on the fishing podcast world. You know, it's funny because I, I think one, I wonder all the time, I'm like, am I just a nerd that I think this is so interesting, the business side of fishing? Am I like the ultimate nerd and there's only like 10 of us out there? But I guess from the feedback that I get, I, th- I think more people are interested in it than I thought. Oh, absolutely. And people want to, they want to hear the stories of your guests and, mm-hmm. and really how they're able to accomplish what they accomplished or just, right. you know, the skills they may have, the, the things they do. Right. Um, there's, there's a lot out there, but yeah, I, for years, I've been looking all over the place for, you know, for these types of, you know, the shows and content, um, real quick shout out. I found one, um, a few years ago, um, for anchored by April Vokey has an episode on Gary Loomis Oh, he built G Loomis. Oh, wow. Best stories I've ever heard of starting a fishing company. And it basically, he could make the tools, like he could make the machines to build the graphite rods. Mm -hmm. Like that's how he was on the leading edge for so long is he could make better rods than anyone. It wasn't that, you know, he could just assemble other parts that are already made. He was actually making them and became a pioneer of graphite and graphite technology, even for the golf industry. Wow. And that's kind of, like I said, for, for fishing podcasts, that's really what I like to look for. Um, well, and- I'll tell you what, send me the link to that. I'll, I'll put that link in the show notes too, so people can easily find what we're talking about here. Because um, I'd like to listen to that. That'd be a great story, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Listen, thank you so much, Jared. I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you got a lot to do and you probably have better things to do than to talk to me, but I can't, I can't, I think this is going to be really good for the people out there listening and watching and, um, and hopefully it'll help more people, you know, help you get more people in the, in the mix there. Oh yeah. And just one last word of, of advice for everyone. Um, reach out to as many companies as possible that are strategic, strategic fit for your interests, your background, um, that it's really how many companies you want to reach out to and, and how hard you're going to search for them. I mean, not just my website, look at all of them. You need to be on LinkedIn. You need to be on Indeed. You need to just, just be relentless with looking for it. I mean, it is a needle in a haystack a lot of times when it's yeah. something, you know, when it's something this specific as your passion, right? It, it can it can take a lot of work to get in. So I mean, that's really been a key to my success, my friends' successes, and and a lot of the people that I work with out outdoor applications is just making sure they're looking and talking to these companies. And even even if you're getting the word no, a lot of times these people are still going to call you back and give you advice. And maybe they've heard about another job somewhere else and with with another company in the area. I mean, it's a very connected world of relationships and fishing. So just creating that dialogue by talking to these companies and, and, um, you know, if you're having a hard time figuring out, you know, what companies just go to tackle warehouse, see who the manufacturers are. Yeah. Uh, Look at all these uh, fishing podcasts and, uh, and media sites we've mentioned on the show. Look around, look for opportunities that way. They're all over, all over the world. So just, you know, kind of, um, diving in and 
and uh, you know, really setting some time to looking and 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 reaching out to these companies. That's the most important thing. I agree, and you know, it is a numbers game, just like sales. It is a numbers game, and if you want it bad enough, you can do it. Absolutely, you can. All right. Thanks again, Jared. Well, t- hopefully we'll talk again soon. I want you back on and we, cause I've got so much more I want to ask you. So uh, we'll schedule Anytime. a time for you to come back. Anytime. Take care. Hey, now that was some solid advice from Jared on how to put yourself in the best position to find a job in the outdoors industry. Here's my three key takeaways from the conversation. Have a sharp resume. This seems like it shouldn't even need to be said, but I think we sometimes forget how important this is. Make sure your resume presents your skills and talents in the best light so that an employer can get a good sense of how you can contribute. Outdooroccupations.com actually has a resume review service right there on the site to help you get this right. Number two, don't use a cookie cutter letter, cover letter. Take the time to create a customized message for the company with which you're applying. I've hired a few people in my career and believe me, we can all tell when you're too lazy to write something specifically for the job you are looking for. Don't be lazy. Number three, have amazing references. This is an important one. We talked a good bit about it on the podcast and for good reason. Everyone checks references. As I've said in the show, hiring a new person is so risky because the person who hires you wants you to fit in with the other people you work with and they want to know they can trust you. You're honest. A bunch of other important kind of intangible things. So they will call your references and you want to have them call people who are going to sing your praises with integrity. Important part. If you're looking for a job in the outdoors industry, congratulations in advance. I hope you find one. And if you listen to what Jared just talked about, I think you'll be well on your way. Go to outdooroccupations.com. It's a great resource. And I tell you what, I'm so, I feel so grateful that I got to work in the outdoor industry my whole career. I've never seen another category of people that are so passionate about what they do. And you know what? If you're passionate about the outdoors, you're probably a good person and it's great to work with good people. All right, guys, I'm going to sign off for now the way Jerry McKinnis always signed off on the fishing hole. The greatest fisherman in the world, in my opinion, always said that he was dedicating this to dad because he always had time to take me fishing. See you next time, y'all. 